One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Met the gym. My God, I'm absolutely shattered. Um, I've started to, uh, you know, when you hit the gym on your own, and as soon as it starts to hurt, you stop. But then when you're with a trainer, which I have been recently, you realise how it should feel, how the no pain, no gain is right. So I've just started trying to just push myself. And I'm doing a couch to 5K again. And it's so pathetic that I've, I've got like random American woman's voice. I don't have like a, you know, a, a, a well-known person do it or anything. Um, but when they're going, you're awesome, keep going. It's like, I feel like a little girl at school. And then today I got something like hidden athlete badge. And it's like, I want to go home and show my mums I've sent it to Lincoln. It's pathetic. Anyway, um, I do feel much better, you know, mentally as much as anything when I do do something. Um, and it's been great down in um, Suffolk because we've done really long walks and I've been doing little jogs. You know, listen, I ain't going to be no Paula Ratcliffe, but um, I just... I just get fed up when I lose my fitness completely. So it's been really nice at Raw and then at Space Gym here in Cheshire um, to uh, build it build it up again and um, such lovely people to help me through. So uh, yeah, that's me at the, at the gym. Um, and uh, I'll speak to you soon. Bye. I'm gonna try and stop saying, every time I do these snippets, I start everyone with, so, so. And when I hear them all back after the edit, it's like, so, 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 shut the fuck up, you so-and-so. Anyway, bye. Right, so this weather, oh God, just puts me in a mood. I'm driving along and it's big blobs of white on my screen. It's bloody hailstoning. It's hailstoning. I, oh. I know there is nothing I can do about the weather, but that doesn't stop me getting so angry with it. That means that since September, when they started playing, we wish you a Merry Christmas in the shops, 
October, November, December, January, February, March, April. That's seven months, pretty much, of winter and greyness. I, I just, I just can't. Anyway, um, the news at the moment, if you have the misfortune to listen to it, a lot of it is about the um, hacking case that uh, Prince Harry is bringing against several papers. And I am behind him 100%. Again, you know how I repeat myself. It's an age thing. Um, and because I do these podcasts so impromptu and sort of unplanned, I sometimes think, oh my God, did I do that a few podcasts ago? But again, forgive me, but off I go. Um, the hacking case. For those people who, um, and I know that my lovely audience just will think this, but there are people who think, oh well, celebrities put themselves out there. Obviously, I'm not talking about the royals at the minute. I'm just talking about celebrities, a word I hate, but celebrities generally. They put themselves out there. They deserve everything they got. Um, if they didn't have anything to hide, it wouldn't be that bad. I've had all of those things said. But unless it's happened to you, you don't actually realize the far-reaching implications of it. Um, so, for example, a very famous um, uh, person was um, hacked. And um, she, uh, she had told her mother a secret. And the mother, um, was the only person in the world who, to whom she had spoken about this secret. It then hit the press. None of us at the time knew about phone hacking. Now you can imagine this person says to her mother, who she trusted with the information, how did the press get a hold of this? Her mother says, I don't know because I swear I haven't told a soul. The daughter tries to believe her mum, the person she loves most on earth, but in her mind, there is absolutely no other way that anybody else in the world could know this secret. Can you imagine what it was like, A, for the celebrity, to think that in her mind to know at the time she thought that her own mother had betrayed her, you know, either by gossiping about it to someone or indeed to the press, or the mother who is, who would die for her child, who would never betray a confidence, cannot believe that her daughter has accused her of such a thing. Now, of course, the celebrity and the mother, years later, discover that the celebrity's phone had been hacked and voicemails had been listened to, and indeed bugging devices may have been put in rooms like they were in mine. Can you imagine how almost irreparable that relationship will be? The daughter racked with guilt that she ever accused her mum, and the mum pained to the extreme that her daughter ever thought that that could happen. Now, that is just one example of the many, many things my own experiences were um, that after 9-11, I, I was devastated and, and broken by what had happened. I was filming a program called The Vice with Ken Stott. And um, I 
was in a terrible, terrible state, as as we all were. And um, my friends said to me, we don't want you to be on your own tonight, because I was working away. Um, we were filming at this mega mansion in Hertfordshire, and Louis was up home with his, uh, Louis and Matty were up home with their dad. And um, like, the show must go on, you know? We halted filming for like an hour and then had to continue. And of course, the next day schedule was the same anyway. I was drinking at the time, of course, but my, my friends um, said to me, we don't want you to be alone. Come up and uh, meet us at this bar in, in, um, in London. I didn't want to go, but I didn't want to be alone. So I went and I went into the toilets and there was this beautiful um, uh, girl there. And uh, she came out and said, oh, um, we both came out the cubicle together and um, I remember exactly what she looked like this beautiful um, she was an Indian girl and um, and she looked amazing and beautiful and, and I remember going god she's stunning and she said to me oh you're Denise Welch and I said yes I said sorry if I'm staring at you you're just you're, you look incredible and um, and she said oh thank you and she said oh I'm a huge fan of yours and you know blowing smoke up my arse and me up hers and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, she said that she was, she said, oh, can I buy you a drink at the bar? And I said, well, sure, you know. So we stood at the bar for a bit having a chat. And then, um, and then I introduced her to my group of friends. And I realized that she wasn't with anybody. And she said, oh, my friends left early. Um, and anyway, basically, she she said to me that she was basically this poor little rich girl who was actually quite lonely. I know, and, and listen, I am not naive, right? I am a pretty good judge of character. But this is what she told me, and that she was, her dad was buying her a, um, a, a flat above the Sanderson Hotel and yada, yada, yada. And, uh, and, and her dad had this boat on the Thames and would my friends and I ever like to go on it? And I thought, oh, fabulous, okay. Anyway, we exchanged numbers. Um, and I was very flippant about giving my phone number out to people I liked. Um, my ex-husband, Tim, used to say, why don't you just get your fucking phone number tattooed on your forehead? It'd be much easier for people to get it then and all that stuff. Anyway, I was very trusting and I gave her my phone number because we didn't have Instagram and all that malarkey. And um, so, so she called me every day for three weeks and nearly every single time I was um, either working or I was up north and I'd say, oh, I, oh, it's not very, my research call, it's not a very good time to call. I said, I can chat later, but I'm literally bathing Louis and then I've got to take Matthew to, Matthew, you know, bring, collect Matthew from school or, you know, I was always doing mum things, leading a very normal, unglamorous life, doing mum things. I was also... I used to do a show called Soap Fever. I used to present a show called Soap Fever on, would it be ITV2? Um, and, and I used to present that, which was actually great. They should bring that back. It was so good for people who love soaps. Uh, anyway, I digress again. I then went to Spain to do a photo shoot with Beverly Callard and Gabby Glaster. And they came back on the day that we should. I decided to stay an extra day because I had a flat in Spain at the time. Then wished I hadn't because it absolutely pissed down the whole following day. So I just stayed in the flat. And uh, this Myra called me and invited me to a party. And I went, yay, hey, 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 hey. Anyway, we got invo involved in a little bit of a chat. And um, 
I um, uttered some confidences and um, admitted that I was a party girl and basically um, I got back to the UK, we were going to a friend's 40th down in Somerset, off we went, I got a call at half past five on the Saturday saying, hi Denise, this is the um, Sunday Mirror, um, I'm afraid we are exposing um, your use of uh, recreational drugs. And I had my 12 year old son with me, it was the most appalling time, shame on me. And it was her. She had been a journalist that had been set out to entrap me. Um, now, if she stumbled over me in bad activity, that's what journalists do. But she was sent by the paper to entrap me. Um, when I went to the bar in um, Beecham Place on the night of 9-11, she had been sent there. She wasn't just a random girl in the toilets. She had been sent there to entrap me, to listen to me, to stalk me for weeks, to get me to say something on the phone. And I eventually, because she, I thought she was going to be a friend, I, um, I confided in her and she had taped my call and that was the result of a headline which blew my life up. Um, and... Um, it was just absolutely um, horrendous. There were also occasions whereby other stories came out um, and photos of me going in and out of hotels, you know, not doing anything particularly wrong. But years later, um, the journalist, uh, Graham, um, he had had a breakdown and had come clean about the fact that he had hacked me and um, he had admitted to the police in Operation Wheating or Operation Golding, there were two operations going on for phone hacking, and he admitted that he had hacked me, that he had been sent to stalk me, that he had been sent to sniff out other people in my life, and that as he had been... Um, booking into the room which they'd got him opposite my room in what was then the St. George's Hotel in Regent's Park that um, he had seen two people come out of the room opposite that was my room and they were detectives from a, de from a private detective firm employed by the Mirror to put a bug in my hotel room. Years later another story came out um, and um, it was that they had put a bug in my hotel room at the Marriott Hotel. And the only person I had t told about this, um, this night was somebody that I was working on, on Down to Earth. And a whole story came out and I blamed that person. I didn't trust anybody. I didn't trust my friends. I thought people were selling stories on me. And... Um, it was an absolutely horrendous time. And then when you go, I remember sitting in Putney Police Station for five hours and the police were saying, well, when you stayed here in Maidenhead, no, not Maidenhead, where, where was it? Oh, in Marlow. When you stayed here in Marlow, um, you, there was a, um, a state agent's opposite and, um, and basically uh, the, the newspaper had taken over a flat above the estate agents to watch you for uh, two weeks. Um, I, I, it was, it was just, a, it was just an awful, an awful time. And, um, and I just know that if they were doing all of that and going to those lengths with little old me, little old me, what on earth were the lengths that they were going to with the, with the massive celebrities and with the royal family? And I, know that every single editor of successful newspapers was aware of the hacking 
and I make this point, every one of them. I know several journalists, okay? I know several people who were working for those papers at the time. Some of them who've, who've, um, who actually went to prison. Um, some of them who, um, you know, got fines or whatever else they did. And they have told me that no editor with a successful newspaper did not know what was going on. And so I hope that everybody, everybody gets their comeuppance for what they did and the lives that they um, ruined and attempted to ruin. Absolutely, I hope that they do. And I just think that Harry, who knows that the press played a part in his mother's death, that he gets them for everything he can. I know it's not about, obviously not about the money for him. It's about um, justice and for the lives that they ruined and the lives that they continue to ruin with their persecution of of um, Meghan. So anyway, I'm off to the gym again. Aren't I good? There's my rant. Bye. <laughs> So I'm at um, Louis, so Louis' um, house, which I haven't seen since he got it. So I'm looking around, and it's a bit like a, it's a bit like a shrine to Nana and Grandpa, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so there's some lovely pictures of Grandpa, and also Louis um, got some uh, of the um, Grandpa's chair that he used to sit in, Nana's little table, the mirror on the wall, and then we've just been going through some. Um, he brought a box of DVDs and stuff down from my sister, so it's. Uh, it's incredible. So you'll see a few of those photos popping up on Instagram, no doubt. Um, what were we just saying, Louis, that I said, oh, let's podcast this? You, you, you want to put it on about the house, just about the house. Oh, yeah. just How a... proud you are of your son. He's made, he's just amazing, doing so amazing. He's got his own house already. Yeah, he's so amazing, so amazing. He's just waiting to hear about um, about a job because obviously Louis a an actor. But he was just telling me that always ev- waiting to hear about a job. Every single time, though, every day he said, and this impresses me, and it's what all young actors should do. Every day he learns something different. What did you say you were listening to the podcast no, just, on? I think as an out of work actor, I just try and um, each because uh, days can start to feel so repetitive doing the same. Yeah. Shit, so can I say as well yeah. on the podcast? Doing the same shit over and over and over again. But um, just trying to make myself... And this this applies to not even just acting, but trying to make myself feel like I'm 0.1% better than I was the day before. Yeah. And that can be just through... That, that can be... I mean, that can be through, like, waking up, doing a workout that you didn't do the day before. That can be... Well, I can see the old, uh, the old weights there. Yeah, you know, I it can, can see it, it can, but I can see it because then when you, I mean, that is well. Well, I used to call my sons Mister Puniverse, right? <clears throat> they were like a land drink of water, as they say in the northeast. And now, Matty's completely changed his shape, well, and now Louis is looking proper buff. You are though. Turn round. <sighs> no, that's great, Louis. Because it just makes you feel better better about yourself when you start this new job. Um, 
Especially if you're going to have to do... Especially if I'm going to be in Croatia. Well, especially if you're doing horse riding in it as well, which you're going to have to do. And then if you do the horse riding and if you learn, I've said that, I mean, you'll probably think, oh, my God, please. But then we could go on a mother and son holiday to that... South Africa. ...horseback safari, because it looks absolutely amazing. amazing. Lincoln won't go on it with me because he thinks he'll be eaten by a lion. And when I said... No, he does. But when I said... Do you know... Where, where are you disappearing to? I'm just... Sorry, I thought I got a weird smell from the fridge. Oh. So when... Lincoln... I said to Lincoln, so if on these safaris people get eaten by lions all the time, which he said, why don't we hear about it in the, in the press? He said, because they don't report it. So every safari, some random person is getting eaten by a lion and we just don't hear about it. The safaris are very, very, very well managed. Well, exactly. And if you are on a and riding also, safari, also, those an- th- those animals are way smarter than everyone thinks. They're not they're not bothered about a car full of humans. Well, they're, they're not in a car. If we're in, we're on horseback. Oh <laughs> yeah, but no, but that that's a, that'll be. In, like, but you a have big to ranch. be enough be inside of a... a big ranch. No, it's it? not. It's proper in the in the in the jungle or whatever. But you have ranchers, but you've got to be of a proficient level to just all stay together on the on the horse. Um. And you know, and and obviously you're going around wildebeest and oh, there's Lincoln ringing wildebeest and. Um, well, yeah, you have to be able to control the horse. You have to be able to control the horse, and then they test you when you get there. So if you're learning to ride for this job, it'll be fant- it'll be fantastic. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Thank you so much for listening to the Juicy Crack podcast. I am loving doing it and I'm loving having my own voice that's only edited by me or, well, DK. If you're enjoying it, tell your friends and let's try and grow our Juicy Crack audience so that I can bring you better content every single week. Also, leave a question and I will endeavour to read it out and answer it for you. Thank you. can call there that's why I just went off um quickly but um but yeah so it's all um so it's all it's all exciting but that's an actor's life that is just trying to keep on top of things in the um in the out of work periods you're lucky that you've had some good voiceovers as well definitely 100%. yeah I mean otherwise I wouldn't have been able to I mean they've they've they've, they've kept me going financially yeah I know it's fantastic um yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I I could do with a nice uh, a nice voiceover, but I'd I'd rather I'd rather you have them at the minute. 
Um, Aye. And then I'm off to do me. So what's the rest of the day hold then? I mean, it's a bit, it's a bit grey. It's grey and it's miserable. Grey today, I think. I mean, it's a Friday, so I imagine Freddie and or Harrison will probably come over later. Do they stay over or do they? Yeah, just, yeah, they stay over. They yeah. stay over. Yeah. Where do they stay? There's, I've got a, a, a dump, you know the air bed? Oh, yeah. That's now my spare bed. Oh, is it? So that second bedroom, the thing is with this... That Where do you do your self-tapes? Um, either in my bedroom or wherever the best light is in the house on that Because you've got be so many cream and yeah. cream or so white where, walls. Wherever the best light is. Um, I've done a few down here, actually. Because yeah. if it's sunny, at about midday, sometimes you can have light blasted through there and through there. Oh, I saw, um, I saw Paul Ferris... Oh, yeah. Outside um, Petit Delice today. Right. And um, he was just sending his love. Yeah, that's, see, that's, that's Louis's um, ex-karate uh, teacher. Well, Louis and Matthew's ex-karate teacher. teacher. That's why they were both Michael Jackson obsessed and they both used to dance like Michael Jackson in a really cool way. And it was because of the karate moves. Do you remember he used yeah. to merge Michael Jackson with karate? <laughs> yeah, he's really... Have you seen him on crutches, Paul? No. He's really hurt his... Oh, I don't know. Meta, meta something. Well, I saw him He's outside. He's in agony there with night. it. I, well, that's only happened in the last couple of weeks because I saw him a few, three weeks ago, maybe, and he wasn't on crutches then. Oh, it's just, it, it's all, I can't remember when he said when he, well, no, I think it's happened. Did you see him sitting down, though? He was sitting down. Yeah, I think he what? I think he did. It happened because he's been on the NHS waiting list for ages and eventually had to go privately. Anyway, um, but, uh, but anyway, he sent his, um, he sent his love. I've got Carrie coming over to do nails. And then I'm going... So I'm going to London Monday. Carrie, Carrie. Carrie. Um, and I think Joe Murray's popping in. Nice. And I think Auntie Rose might be popping in. And maybe Samir and Jane. Today? Yeah, for n nails, nibbles and nails. Oh, uh, nibbles and nails. And, um, yeah, so I might see a few, a few of the girls this afternoon. And then, as I say, tomorrow, and then within Sunday we can... I'll find out if that, if that place at Levenshume Antiques is open on Sunday, and then I'm being driven... Oh, that's another option for you. What? But I know you like to have your car. Because it's bank holiday and the trains are taking 150 years to get if to London... Get you a car. I'm getting picked up at 6 o'clock at night on Sunday and driven down. So, with lovely Tony. So you are more than welcome... To I'll come. probably drive myself down. You'll probably drive yourself down. In Newcastle playing on Sunday again. We just played last night. Where are they playing? Well, we, we played against Everton last night. And? Hostile, hostile environment at Goodison Park. Who won? Newcastle, obviously. Or won. Did they? So didn't they win 5-1 last week? We won 5-1 against Spurs last week. And we've scored 6-1, so we've scored 10 goals in our last two games. Bloody hell. The teams, the teams, it's the best Newcastle team I've ever seen. Is it really? Best Newcastle team Dad's ever seen. Dad's ever seen? Yeah, I mean, I mean, in terms of, okay, so far, I mean, look, it's, they've not been around long enough to not go to, I bet the fans are juicy crack are going to be loving this Kevin Keegan talk. <laughs> um, but no, Newcastle, they, do, they, like they, they, they had a really successful period under Kevin Keegan, but already the football... And, and, and the times when our old mate... Mickey Quinn and all that. Oh were yeah, there. Well, well they were the, they were the glory days. Sumo. Yeah, yeah. Oh my Sumo. God. You know Peter Beardsley. Um, oh yeah, Peter Beardsley. 
Steve Watson. Didn't they say Mickey, Mickey Quinn was the fastest player ever over half a yard? Isn't was it? he? Wasn't that what they used to oh, say? Oh, over half a yard, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He could oh, turn so fast. He was such a great guy. Those were the days Davide when we Ginola. were pals. Ginola was, remember Ginola? Oh, my God, I was in love with David, David Ginola. David Ginola. Oh, my God, I was Ginola. so in love with him. But but during those days, before you were born and we were living up, up in the northeast. That's said, when. That, that that's it, when Peter Beardsley, um, you know, Shearer. We we used to see quite a bit of Steve Watson. We were mates with Mickey Quinn. Used to come over for parties. Well, that, and stuff. Dad, dad, dad told me a funny story about David Ginola. He was like, David Ginola. I'm doing a trial. He was like, it was like as did every woman. Your mum had a huge crush on David Ginola, right? He was a gorgeous man, right? And I'm doing a, char- doing a charity match, charity match in James's <laughs> Park, and I'm getting in the showers. And I said, I'm sent. I had a shower. Now there I am showering with David David Ginola. I said Denise after the game, I said, hey, I was in the shower with David Janola after the game, you know. And she said, oh, never, never. He said, aye, he's got the smallest cut I've ever seen. He did say that to me, he did. He did, didn't he? Yeah, but I bet David Janola didn't have. No, I bet he didn't, of course he didn't. And even if he did, it didn't matter. Oh, my God. But he said that Your dad did say that. I remember that. That was 100 years ago. Yeah, well, before I was born. Wow. Before I was even born. Before you were born in 2001. Yeah, which, 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 when people hear that that was a year that, you know, when like a 35 a, a year old says, when were you born? Because especially now that I'm 22, I mean, you know, I've been working predominantly with adults since I was like 17. So like, um, you know, a lot of my friends are like in their mid to late 20s. And when I say yeah. I was born in 2001, they're like, how is that even a year when people were born? <laughs> Was like, was yeah, what, but he was like, what do you mean you were born in 2000? No, I know, but that's what I mean. So I'll be... Because, you know, I've got friends of, in their 80s and friends in their in their 20s, uh, yeah. you know, and I'll be I'll be talking to somebody who I'm relating to, well, obviously, on a, on a normal level, and they'll, and they'll go, say, I was born in 2000 or I was born in, in 1990, and then they'll say I was born in 2001, same as you. And it's like, I know my son was born then, but how... How is it's that? Just, I was it's, born it's in nineteen fifty eight. It's just because of the numbers, isn't it? It's because there's. It's because we we went from a hundred years of it being nineteen, 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 nineteen. Yeah. But now, when I'm seventy, and I've got kids, I'll say I was born two thousand one. They'll go two thousand and one. Yeah, I know. You know. And then I'll go. My parents were born in the nineteen fifties. I know, but when I when I when I you know, when you look at Twitter or Instagram, sometimes people post those lovely videos. And there was one of 1936 recently, yeah, yeah, around Trafalgar Square. There were, it wasn't even revamped. It was just there. And it, that was the year Grandpa and Nana were born. But then there was one in 1959. So I was one. And I look at it and I think... Oh, that's the olden days. It looks beautiful. But I was born then. I was one then. Everybody looked stylish. Nobody was overweight. Nope. No processed foods. You never saw any on those videos. Nobody was overweight, and it just oh I don't know. We always romanticise about. But times. then again, you look at you look back and you think politically in 1958, what was you know? Oh listen, how, you know, listen. The whole thing about the politics and the and the cost of living and everything now and watching the news at the minute is just so depressing. So Apparently, depressing. we are in the worst financial state since for the for 70 years. I 100 believe that. But what it is is now is that we know so much more. Yeah. So, for example, there was a 1957 and a 1967 pandemic, an Asian flu pandemic. Okay, worldwide there wasn't as many people died, but when that nurse got in touch with me who nursed people in the 1967 uh, or 57 pandemic, can't remember which one she wrote to me about, 80,000 people died in the UK. And when you think of it 
to sort of, scale back to scale, then, there was that much was, less people. That was that was a lot of people. Of course. And she said, much as it was awful, um, in she worked in the uh, the was, RVI no, in Newcastle. There was, no there was no panic because there's no because there was no because there was no social media, media yeah. and there was no breaking news. Exactly. So the thing is, politically, and all of these, you know, half the Tory government being completely and utterly corrupt as they are, this has always gone on. Yeah. We just didn't know about it. We didn't have people posting on Twitter well, about the same, it. It's the same. Um, as, I mean, there's so many examples. I mean, like, you know, I mean, it's, I mean, police racism in America, everyone seems to think that it's through the roof right now. And it's like, no, it's always been that way. People are just filming it now. That's exactly it. And it's the, People that, like, are filming yeah. it more. You know, loads of horrific stuff went on. And um, we, we know so much more. Knowledge is power. But it's also, you know, it, sometimes that, it is also fear, and that's how they that's how they control us now with, with you know, with with, with, with fear, fear, and because we know so much, and even though you try to not, I mean, there's certain things over the last few years that I wouldn't have had any idea about if I wasn't on Twitter. I try to come off Twitter, but I just I do find out quite quite a lot, and I have got a voice, and I do like to use it, but I use it very infrequently. Um, at the moment, I've just done a rant in my car there about the um, the hacking thing and hoping that Prince Harry um, wipes the fucking floor with all of them. You know, What's and I was saying, on? well, just because basically... Is there a case? I was telling people on, on the podcast about the fact that when mum was hacked, how distressing... You. Yeah, remember I got the... No, I, no, the, the I remember, case. sorry, I just know. So, of course, all of, the, all of the things that happened... Um, regardless of what my life was like, it was my private life. And like I say, if a, if a press person, if you do something wrong in a nightclub and they're there and they take a picture, you bang me to rights. Yeah. But when they are putting bugs in your hotel room and tracking your every move and setting people on your tail and, and getting journalists to come to a bar where you are to entrap you into conversations, it's absolutely disgusting. And my point was, if that was happening to little old me... Imagine what the doing imagine what they did to the, the royal royals, family yeah. and harry has got every right because they contributed to the death of his mother with the press that's why well, of course she was out mean, without security how, how and that's no why he's moved that's that, why he's moved his wife well, abroad exactly. he moved his wife away from the establishment that contributed to killing his own mother who was were who, who everyone most people well certainly look and back the thing on is everybody loves. thinks it was it was megan you know they all say she didn't know what she was getting into who does the other thing is is that once Prince Harry and Meghan were starting to get magazine covers that said the People's Princess, which mm -hmm. is what his mother was called. The, 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 the um, Buckingham Palace, Kensington Palace, could not have them more popular than the heir to the throne and of Kate Middleton. Not, I've are. got... I've Nobody got, under the age of 24, Kate. I've got nothing against William and Kate, but I think that they had to be the prime ones and therefore it was let's keep anything away from them and throw the others under the bus so i've come up to lincoln studio which is up the stairs and i'm out of breath and um he's got connie painting with him at the moment and connie is a wonderful emerging artist and they're working on them um, is this the one that you're working on yourself yeah God, how big right. is that, Connie? I don't know how big is it. How big is it? One point eight square meters. One point eight square meters. So, Lincoln is sort of—I don't know whether to say mentored, but when Connie was about fifteen, we um, 
we went to her house and uh, Lincoln was just really amazed by the work on the walls and he could see he could sort of see similarities between the way that they that they work and that they they think but you're selling quite a bit now aren't you con i know i am i'm trying to i know it's amazing because how old are you now i'm 22 now i've just turned 22 you've just turned 22 yeah just the same as uh the same as louis so she's uh she's doing absolutely amazing Constance Baxendale. You say Baxendale, don't you? Yes, Baxendale. <clears throat> Constance Baxendale. One to um, one to watch. And here is my lovely hubby. Hi, darling. Hi, love. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. Are you? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God! Look at that! Look at that thick oil. Mm. It's so. I mean, I've worked with a layer upon layer upon layer. These ones. Oh, I love that one. I love the colours in that one. I'll take a pit. What? That figure there is a cool figure. It's a good one, that one. I, I, that's, I'm pleased with how that's come out. I like in this one. It's I love a, that one Connie's doing. It's moment. gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. I love the yellow and the uh, figures. So I've done nibbles and nails, which apparently on Love of Huns they said it was the best thing. Do you remember that when they said that the best thing that they've ever heard? So Carrie's come to do me nails, so I did an impromptu nibbles and nails. So I've got Rose here. I've got Sally Dinova. Say hello to all the juicy crackers, Sally. Oh, hello, juicy crackers. Right, let's see who's got the best juicy crackers. Samia Gardy, Samia Longchamp. <laughs> and Hi, juicy crackers. Jane Danson. Hello, juicy crackers. Juicy crackers. I've got Carrie oh, Chapman. Oh, you juicy lot. <laughs> and the lovely Hattie Dinova. Hi, juicy uh, crackers. <laughs> and the lovely Joe Murray. Hello, crackers and juicy <laughs> anyway, so that's it. So I might, um, I might get us all to have a little chat about something later. But at the moment, we haven't seen each other for a long time, so it's all top secret. Bye. So I'm here with Carrie now, who's doing my nails. So Carrie has. Did I? Do, I didn't do this last time you were here, did I? No, we didn't do it last time. Um, Carrie has done my nails for. Well, it's before 24 years, because that's when I was with the girls in Corrie. I think was I 25. Was I 22 when I think it was when I worked at David Lloyd. That's right. Well, I met so you when you had a little corner at David Lloyd. I've been to Australia. I came back when I was 21. I went to Strictly. So I was about age 21, 22, and I'm now coming up to 47. That's outrageous. I know. I can't even go. It makes me feel sick. So I used to go to Carrie at David Lloyd Gym. And the thing about David Lloyd is, this is how long ago it was, you could smoke and drink in a certain allocated corner. Do you remember? Of David David Lloyd. In the upstairs bit, in the bar sort of recreation area, there was a corner where you could smoke and drink. So I would be in that corner with a bottle of Budweiser in a fag. People would ring me and I'd go, I'm in the gym. Because <laughs> I was in the gym. And then I'd go to Curry for me nails. And then when I started Curry, which was 24 years ago. Yeah. So maybe even 25 years ago. And yeah, I think that, you just started in Curry. Yeah. And, and we were doing... Um, the um, the 40th anniversary of Coronation Street and, and we were doing a live episode and I was seven months pregnant with Louis. Oh, that was towards when I was leaving, but you'd done mine all the way through. And we were doing a live episode which was going live at 7.30 and I was absolutely shitting myself and I only had a small bit because I'd said, please, I used the stress of the pregnancy to not give me a lot to do in the live episode because doing a live theatre show 
is fine. Doing a live episode, we were watched at the interval at the first end of part one by 26 million people. And Carrie came to do my nails and I was in the Rovers living room and Carrie was doing my nails up until they said, this is your almost like your half hour call. And, and I was going, don't make a go net, I need my other nail done, I need my other nail done. And Carrie was working around all these people and they literally nearly carried her out in the, the Rovers living room. With all your stuff, you were ushered out, and there's Bill Tarney and Liz, and there's Carrie with me nails. So that's how long ago she's done it. So once about oh I don't know 20 20 or something, Carrie was coming to do me nails, which can take up to a couple of hours because to get me gels done. And I said, look, I'm going to be sat here with you. I'm going to invite a few of the girls round to have a nibble. So that then became nibbles and nails, and um, the famous the famous WhatsApp group nibbles and nails and because I haven't seen all the girls together for for ages I just did a round robin call of, of nibbles and nails and that's why today um, we're all here and as you can see there is never a pause for breath with this crowd yeah never a dull moment never a dull a good, moment good turnout yeah absolutely so um, so it's brilliant and the thing is because the Coronation Street schedule is so you know some people don't if they're not in storyline with other people Sally Dinova Samia and Jane have just all walked in and greeted each other like they've never seen each other because their storylines aren't so they hardly ever see each other at work they see each other more at my house right. oh my god that's what it is yeah I know I'm not so, so yes so this is um, so this is uh, you, you've caught us during during nibbles and nails there you go So guys, if there's anything that you've ever heard me talking about that you'd like to hear more of, or indeed anything you can suggest that me, DK and Lincoln can bring to the table, contact me on deniswelshpod at gmail.com. And um, indeed, if you've got any questions, ask away. We'd love to hear from you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.